We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, before we get going with today's episode, I just want to get some housekeeping out of the way. If you're enjoying listening to Trouble with the Script, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and please rate and leave a review. Also remember to follow us on Twitter at TroublePod and on Instagram at Trouble with the Script Pod. Let me know what you thought about prior episodes, um, what you liked, what you didn't like uh, in terms of this podcast, what worked, what didn't work. Uh, let me know what movies you want to see coming up um, or any guests you'd love to see in the future. Uh, today, I'm really lucky to have Betsy Hudson on. She's a former Texans cheerleader with a lot of experience in competitive dance. So, you know, I think we had a great talk about this movie. And just a reminder if you are a parent or have any parent friends, definitely check out Betsy's Moms on the Loose podcast with their co host, Brittany. Uh, it's a great podcast for parents. So, that's about it for housekeeping. Let's get going. Welcome to Trouble with the Script, the sports movie podcast that appreciates a little authenticity. I'm your host, Kyle Banduho. Trouble with the Script is a sports movie podcast focusing almost exclusively on the sports-centric content of sports movies. What worked, what didn't work, and what could have been done to fix it. Today, I'm happy to welcome to the pod former Houston Texans cheerleader and the co-host of the Moms on the Loose podcast, Betsy Hudson. Betsy, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. I'm so excited to be talking about this. This is one of my favorite, favorite all time movies. That's great. And let's get right into it. Um, I'm really, you know, excited. I'm fortunate to have you on today because uh, we're doing what's potentially the most popular uh, cheerleading movie of all time. Bring it on. Let's hear it for the five time national cheerleading champions, the Mighty Toro. We have a problem. About what? You ripped off those cheers. We've had the best squad around for years, but no one's been able to see what we can do. We're in trouble. But you better believe all that's going to change this year. I swear, I had no idea. Do you think a white girl came up with those moves? This isn't about cheating. This is about winning. Can we just beat these buffies down so I can go home? We might have to have a rumble. I'll take out famous losers for $200. Shut up, moron! You want to make it right? Then when you go to nationals, bring it. That way, when we beat you, we'll know it's because we're better. I'll bring it. Don't worry. Bring It On was a 2000 teen cheerleading comedy film. The Rancho Carne High School Toros cheerleaders are the five-time defending national champions. But when a new captain finds out their cheers are actually stolen from an inner-city high school, 
She sets out to salvage the team's championship hopes with new routines. Betsy, where does this movie rank for you in terms of just your favorite movies in general, your favorite sports movies, your favorite high school movies? Because it kind of operates as both like a sports movie, a cheerleading movie, and a high school movie. Yeah. I mean, top five for sure. Um, I mean, this was like, this came out in 2000. So I was in high school and I was, uh, you know, on the drill team for a little bit in high school, but this was just like a very, um, it was nostalgic watching it again, you know, to prepare for the podcast because hands down top five favorite movies of all time. I still quote it. I think, you know, I still use quotes like from the movie in life now at 34 mom of two kids. Like I love to <laughs> love like running around my car and I'll be like, I got the door tour. I got the door tour. And I think I can like quote the entire opening cheer, which that opening scene, I'll just go ahead and jump into that sets the tone for the whole movie. And that I think is what people think of when they think of bring it on a lot too, is that like start of like, you know, I'm sexy. I'm cute. I'm popular to boot. So great. I mean, so, so great. I mean, you're seriously you're the perfect guest I could have had on because, <laughs> um, I mean, plot twist. Surprisingly, I don't know shit about cheerleading. <laughs> um, so right, uh, cheerleading, dancing, anything. So right off the bat, I'm I'm not the person you need on this podcast. So I need to bring in an expert. If you could kind of, could you go into your background because it's not just um, cheerleading with the Texans. You you actually have a, a extensive dance background so if you could go into that real quick yeah. so I can prove to everyone that I got an expert <laughs> yeah so I mean I I am a dancer I've danced my entire life um you know really got into dance like hardcore in middle school where it just became my life um and then danced all through high school I did drill team which in Texas I, I, I'm you know that's a huge deal like the Texas football Texas cheerleading Texas drill team that's a huge deal here. So I did that for like a year or two. And then I really wanted to get into like an awesome dance program. I wanted to, you know, go to school on a scholarship uh, for dance. So I switched over and danced as like in this company called the Met 2. It's with the Houston Metropolitan Dance Company. And the Houston Met dancers are all legit, um, you know, like professional dancers. They were adult and they're professional dancers. And I kind of got to be in this I got to audition to be in this little like apprentice company. So I got to dance with the best, um, you know, some of the world's best dancers uh, and take classes from all these great master class, you know, teachers that would come in. And then I got into the Sam Houston State Dance Program, which has a phenomenal dance program. And then I also um, tried out to be on the Sam Houston State Orange Pride Dance Team. I became co-captain of that my junior year I was captain of that my senior year and then while I was in college like we actually won the national title um in Orlando Florida we were the top you know dance team in the country um and so finished my four years at Sam Houston and then I wasn't ready to stop so I auditioned for the Houston Texans cheerleaders and made it and I was a captain my second year of that um, and I just did it for two years. I got engaged my second year of dancing. And so I knew I was headed to Austin. And at the end of my second year, I packed my bags and moved to Austin like a week later. But um, I taught at here at a performing arts school in Austin. I was a dance instructor at the Austin School for the Performing and Visual Arts. 
And I still like as a side gig do choreography projects and I still do choreography for the Texans. Just this past year, I got to do the big boy halftime performance. So that was a huge deal for me. And um, yeah, I'm still at it. So what you're telling me is I found the perfect guest. This is great. (laughs) I I needed an expert and I got an expert. Thanks. Thank you. I mean, I, I love dance. So like, I'm happy to talk about it anytime. It's like truly my parents growing up would always kind of, um, you know, like I would get really dramatic and I'd be like, but dancing is my life. And it really still is. Like I have, you know, my kids and my husband and the podcast, of course, but dancing is like what keeps me grounded. I have to dance all the time. Well, I mean, that's really relatable to the main character of this movie. Uh, Kirsten Dunst's Torrance Shipman. Um, she has a, she has a bunch of moments like that where I think at the beginning of the movie, her mom's honor her about her grades and, and she's just really, she's just all about, um, cheer. So, um, you know, on this podcast, we talk about, you know, what worked and what didn't work. Um, obviously like surface level, you know, I don't really know what was, there's some stuff where even me, I'm like, okay, that's, that's a character. Uh, the, um, Mm -hmm you know, uh, Sparky spirit fingers guy. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's, that's probably, it's probably a little outlandish. What worked for you? Where does this, where does this movie kind of land on a, on a scale of like realism to you? Um, before we go into the nitty gritty. Yeah. So it was a little bit of both. I think that the movie did a great job. Like, like I said, that opening scene was really set the tone for the movie. Um, you know, with like some of the things that we say it, um, I think this is like a little known fact, but the director who's Peyton Reed, he did movies like the breakup. Um, yes, man, ant man. He tried to cut it. And the screenplay writer, Jessica Bindinger, who wrote for like sex in the city. She wrote the movie, the wedding date with Deborah messing. She fought to keep it in there and got it because I think it did a great job of setting the tone, kind of making it like a little more tongue in cheek. Cause it's this exaggerated opening scene you know, how they're cheering in the middle of a pep rally. and Yeah, the dream um, sequence, know. right? Yeah, yeah, it's a dream sequence. But they're like, we cheer, we lead, we act like we're on speed. So obviously those are not cheers that are in like a high school pep rally. But I think it was great because I think otherwise it would have just been like another dumb teen movie. But that kind of set the tone that, okay, you know, this isn't going to be all realistic. Like this is meant to be a comedy and a little mm. bit larger than life. But I think they brought it down to like the, the competitions and things like that. That is really what those competitions are like. Okay, good. Cause that's a question I was going to ask is, is how realistic the, um, the competitions were. Well, one thing I can say about the movie is they could have gone in like the direction to make it a high school movie with a cheerleading like theme or subplot. And it really, it feels like a cheerleading movie. The whole movie revolves around the sport itself. So, yes. uh, you know, I, I think that that's effective in making it a good movie and making it unique from, cause like in this time, like late nineties, early two thousands, it was just like high school movie after high school movie after high school movie. Totally. And I think I like what you said about, um, you know, that the cheerleading being a sport because at that time and at, you know, at the time of this movie, they address this in the movie, you have the football team who, has never won a game like they totally suck and this cheerleading team for the high school the toros that are so good but they're still having to fight that it's a sport you know these like horrible football players walk by and they're like oh he's jan jan the cheerleading man you know and he's like dude you haven't even won one game but they're 
you know, so they don't get credit like from their high school all the time about just how what amazing athletes cheerleaders are. Yeah, and I think that's something that that's something that definitely worked in the movie because I mean that's that's kind of a um, you know it, it's a it's a theme it's a, a stereotype that's been a you know a long time especially the you know the football players calling the male cheerleaders um, you know we'll just say it, this movie was came out in two thousand and and there was you know language that a uh, lot of lot of uh, slurs thrown around in this movie yeah that uh yeah. you know we'll, we'll talk about what it would look like in 2019 but it, it would a little look like less that. slurry <laughs> yeah but yeah a lot of you know just a lot of uh shade thrown at the at the male cheerleaders and not really an acknowledgement of of what they do athletically so yeah i, I thought that worked that, that yeah that worked. i i think this movie totally brought i think it kind of opened up cheerleading like more it made it more mainstream um, I think this movie kind of has a lot to do with maybe the rise in competitive cheerleading being this like mainstream sport that really does get covered, you know, on these like, you know, ESPN channels. Um, and they did a great job of showing all the hard work that goes into it, you know, to get the pyramids and to do partner stunting. I mean, the precision that has the precision and the strength and the balance and the flexibility that has to all combine for a stunt to work and for all the working parts to do exactly what they need to do or someone falls from 15 feet in the air and, you know, breaks their leg. Um, that, that's athleticism at its finest. Yeah, they put emphasis on the, on the athletic ability. What else worked for you? What, like, sticks out is this was realistic, like this struck a chord with me or this, um, you know, this is something that I could see actually have happened i have a bunch of questions about like was this realistic what you know what about this what about this but what right off the bat was was something that uh or were some you know as much as you want what what was realistic so the realistic part for me really didn't hit until they got to that first competition um the one where they realized that you know he had that they had had like a stolen routine um before that, I don't think the film did a great job of making it really realistic. Like, the a high school team isn't going to boo the football team when they come on. You know, there was a lot of over-the-top stuff. So, for me, the realistic aspect of it didn't really hit until they're showing the competitions. It seems like the movie kind of kicked into high gear at that point, too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think so. Yeah, so stuff, let me just look through. So stuff that I have, like, questions about before then. There was the tryout montage, which has been when they're looking for a new, um, they're looking for a new member. And that's something that's been parodied. It's been done in other movies. Yeah. Um, the consistent, where it's really like uh, none of these people are fit and they're all kind of like outcasts or weirdos. Yeah. And that's something like I feel like anyone who's going out as a cheerleader would have that goal and have that background. I thought that was so I guess I would go into what oh, didn't work. But I was asking like that. Yeah. I feel like if you're looking at cheerleader tryouts, it's all people who are dead serious about being a cheerleader. Yeah. yeah. And they had like, I mean, just a smorgasbord of people trying out. And like, first off, in a, in real life, the cheerleaders would never be the one conducting the tryouts. Like it would have, you would have to bring in judges from outside the school. They had, there's no mention of like the cheer sponsor, like which, you know, which history teacher is, you know, also the cheer coach. Um, you know, it's like a, it's run by high schoolers, which that's not realistic. I mean, mm -hmm. you just can't do that. 
but then yeah you have um you know the first you know at that you know part where they're doing the tryouts they're just you know you have like the ballet dancer you've got that like yo 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 rapper girl you have the stripper who i love yes. that part and when i was looking this movie up they paid forty thousand dollars to be able to use sweet cherry pie to get like the licensing on it wow just that for that holy just shit for that stripper part which kind of made the tryouts like it really took the raunchiness like it just showed just how raunchy <laughs> you know you could be like you could be in high school i guess yeah, but there's that... like a stripper who's still enrolled <laughs> yeah that's um yeah that that was quite the uh quite the scene yeah um, a couple other things that I have questions about it. Some of the stuff that like I know for a fact it, it worked and was realistic wasn't necessarily like cheerleading relate cheerleading relating like uh, the dad hating her boyfriend at the beginning or the yeah. parents hating her boyfriend. That was super realistic. It has nothing to do with sports. Um, yeah. The little brother farting on her. That was super <laughs> realistic. Yeah. And, and then like you said about the mom, you know. Like, you know, she has all this cheerleading stuff trip and she's, you know, the mom's worried about her getting into college. And she's like, oh, would advanced Kim get you off my back? So Torrance is smart. You know, she, yeah, she's a, she is a bright the the character. Kirsten Dunst did like very well in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. She I don't think she was originally cast for it. I can't remember who was, but uh, they turned it down. And so Kirsten Dunst was like next up and she nailed it. I can't yeah, picture I this... anyone else. I think this catapulted her into uh, into Mary Jane in, in the Spider-Man franchise as well. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah. The other thing that really that stuck out to me, and it might have been a little bit of a character or overdoing it a little, but in the first competition you mentioned, the cheer mom who comes up to the judges and said, hey, your head was down. You couldn't see that move. Totally like, realistic. Crazy that cheer happens. mom. Okay, good. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I nailed that one. Yeah, there's crazy cheer moms. There's crazy dance moms. There's crazy pageant moms. Yes. So that I actually have that in my notes that I thought that I thought they nailed it, that you that absolutely happens. Good, good. I'm glad uh, I'm glad I, I pegged that one. Don't you when remember I have... the cheer mom that like had her had like someone killed so her daughter would make the team? Yeah, they talk about this in the movie, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that's okay. that stereotype was accurately portrayed. Okay. Um, another thing I have a question about is uh, in the beginning of the movie, the the captain vote before they're right before Torrance is named captain. They kind of do that montage through the locker room, and everyone is talking shit about everyone else. Yeah, is that a realistic thing, or are cheerleading teams more? So I would imagine it's different professionally than it is yeah. in high school. <laughs> but because like I know guys' sports teams like. We all, you know, we all get along, but we also talk a gang of shit about each other. Yeah. I don't know. I've been pretty lucky to always, I mean, I'm sure it does, but I've always been really lucky to be on solid teams where there's not too much of that. I was more looking at their bodies. Um, I didn't look like that in high school for sure. I mean, I still don't look like that, but like, you know, I always, you know, that whole like locker room scene, like they have these, you know, fully developed rock and banging bodies and I don't know if that's entirely accurate when you're a junior in high school to have that many you know that many full breasts can I say that yeah <laughs> that... oh yeah we've we've got the explicit rating um yeah, cool. 
<laughs> well, one thing I had for Bre- what breasts, didn't work. Saying breasts was my tone downward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one thing I have for what didn't work, and this is a sin of every high school movie in this era, was majority of the cast looks 40. Yeah. Like everyone looks old besides like Kirsten Dunst, Eliza Dushku and uh, Gabrielle Union. And then maybe Jesse Bradford. He looks a little bit old. Everyone else looks like they're in their, you know, late 20s, early 30s, pushing forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's- that they were probably really trying hard in casting of like, OK, we have to really pick people who can pull off being a high schooler. Yeah, well, they they did it. They did a good job for like the main characters, but for everyone else they surrounded them with. Absolutely not. Yeah. So my husband actually went to high school with Whitney. Um, whoa, 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 Whitney. Her name's Nicole Bilderback. Uh, so she's like, she's Korean, I believe. Um, and so she was kind of like one of the mean girls of the two. There's her like and, her and Courtney. Courtney. I have them in yeah. my notes. Uh, Courtney and Whitney suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that worked. Yeah. So, but I can't. I'm horrible at math. You'll have to help me with the math on this. But so she was born in '74, like my husband. So she was 26. So she was 26 exactly. Yeah. And they graduated high school together and were friends. Like when she filmed this, I mean, I, they still keep in touch. Um, and so when he started, when we were dating, fun fact about us, uh. I loved this movie so much. So I'm not going to say it's the entire reason I fell in love with him. He has a lot of great qualities. But when we were a couple weeks into dating and he told me he knew Whitney from Bring It On, like it definitely gave him some brownie points. It was a good name job. It was a great name drop. Like as soon as we, I think it came on TV and I was like, oh, this is one of my favorite movies. He was like, I know her. I know her. I saw her not that long ago. She's my friend. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. So, but like I said, I mean, so she was 26 pretending to be a, year old and i'd guarantee she's not the uh she's not the oldest person in the cast either no 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 she i think she would be one of the younger ones so i've got a i've got a couple other questions about if this worked or if it is cheer stealing a thing um i mean anytime that you like have a choreographer you're hoping that they're giving you choreography that's like original and you're paying them like for original content mm-hmm. but I mean, I guess, I mean, I, it's not, I don't think it's like impossible and I'm sure it's happened. Maybe not to that extent where you're getting interviewed for TV and you hear your song come on, you know, and you have to go next. Yeah. That was probably just for the sake of the movie, but yeah. Yeah. I thought I mean, it was I a good think, plot device. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think it probably happens. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's every... frowned upon, but yeah, it happens. Okay. Um, well, Good. Good. Um, let's see. What are, are the cheers they do in the movie realistic? You, you said the the one in the beginning and in, in the dream sequence, not as much, but are, is kind of what they do their performances. So that you see them in a couple football games, and then you see the competition performances. Did that was that on the level for you? Where athletically and I guess vocally, did those work? Yeah. So the football scene, like when they have, um, you know that like first one where I guess the uh, Missy's first game or something, mm-hmm. you know, they do that cheer where it's like, that's all right. That's okay. You're going to pump our gas someday. That's a, that. No. Oh my God. Yeah. 
So I, I have that down. That happen. I have that down. That was the most racist shit I'd seen in a long time. <laughs> it was a horrible. It was horrible. That would never fly. You would have, I mean, the whole cheer squad would be off the team. Like yeah. they'd be, yeah, they'd all be gone uh, as well as the cheer coach. Like they would all be gone. But um, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I didn't really like notice it in the movie, like their actual chance, but at the competition, yeah, I mean that's that's what the routines are like, and that's what the cheers are like. I did a I did a small bit of research that all the actors underwent a four week cheerleading camp because they did mm-hmm. they wanted to avoid using stunt doubles. So yeah, so all and- the the athleticism and the performances like that work then. Yeah, yeah, I did. I do think that Kirsten Dunst. Um, I think she had a stunt double. I was like pausing, pausing, looking at the TV, pausing, especially like in their last performance. Um, but yeah, they did. They had to go do all their, you know, own stunts and which I think is really impressive, um, you know, for for some of these actors and actresses who maybe hadn't done this before. Yeah, I agree. You know, Nicole Bilderback, Whitney, um, she did have like a cheerleading background. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that's super impressive. And I think they don't do that in a lot of movies. Gabrielle Union, you could see her. She's doing all the dances. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that was another thing about the movie that I just think, you know, casting wise, they did people that could not only act, but also act like a high schooler and also were able to keep up with the choreography. So I guess that kind of we can just roll that into who do you think was the best athlete in the movie? Oh, that was was, it, the, was there someone who stood out to you as like, OK, they seem like like they've at least like had have this background. Yeah, I thought that the character of Whitney, Nicole, I thought that she did it. And I think that Missy, um, Eliza Dushku, is that her name? Mm-hmm. Um, she had, I don't know if she has a cheerleading background, but. Her like moves and her hand placement and all that seemed on like she just kind of seemed to have, you know, have it. And then all the extras, too. There were so many girls and, you know, guys on the team on both teams that didn't necessarily have much like face time, but they're in the back, you know, and you could tell that they were cheerleaders in real life. Yeah, they surrounded them with quality extras. Yeah, yeah. You touched on it a little bit already, but the cheer tournament scenes, you know, they have, uh, they show regionals and then they show that, that scene at nationals. You already said, you know, that's, that's what it's, what it's like. Can you elaborate a little bit and how they, certain ways they, I guess they nailed it or they did a good job. Um, because that was, I, I've never been to a cheerleading tournament, um, much like, uh, Torrance's younger brother. Uh, so I, I, what, what did they do right there? How did, how did that come off? I mean, they probably made, there's a good chance that they may have filmed this on a weekend in Daytona where they were doing an actual cheerleading competition. Um, you know, you've kind of got like two big groups. There's like the national cheerleading association, universal cheer association. And then there's also like for the dance teams, national dance cheer, you know, NDA and in uh, UC, UDA. Um, and so just one location, I think they still hold those in Daytona. They're usually in Daytona and Orlando. And then like the whole setup. So the, you know, as far as like the set was legit, you've got the big blue mat, like exactly how they would do a competition right down to like 
the judging tables and where the judges are sitting and where the cameras all are and where all the crowds are and what it's like in the tents, you know, before you like go on to the mat. That was all to a T. Well, and just perfect. the pressure, like the buildup of the pressure, you know, the like kind of the nerves and all that that are there. It's so high intensity. You've worked so hard for so long and you've got like two minutes to nail it and and you're done. It's just over. You either did good or you didn't. I felt like that translated really well to the screen. Like as someone who obviously like I wasn't sure if it was authentic or not, it did seem like they didn't because they could have gone a different direction where they made it incredibly dramatic and really overdid it and did some ridiculous things, but they kind of just let it play out pretty authentically. They showed the routine of um, the East Compton school. And then they kind of showed the, um, the routine of um, Torrance and co. And they kind of just like let it play out per normal instead of making it super Hollywood and super dramatic, which I thought was pretty effective. Yeah. And the choreography. Um, so I think for the movie, the, the Clovers and the Toros had like two different choreographers, which you can tell usually, um, you know, just different styles, like, but just like the splicing of the music, like how they, you know, did all the music because cheer routines are usually, you know, it's like a bunch of songs set together. Um, all that, like that, they really did. I mean, they did a great job. I would say out of a lot of other sports movies, bring it on when it comes to the competition. They were so true to that part of it being exactly how it is in real life. That's really awesome because this movie, I think, kind of gets remembered as another. It gets swept up and kind of in that group of of high school movies, yeah, like your She's All That and um, I'm suddenly blanking. Can't hardly wait and stuff like that. Yeah. It kind of gets swept up in that. And it was oh, the, it was the cheerleading one. When in reality, it kind of um, it, it kind of made itself out to be a serious cheerleading. I mean, not a serious cheerleading movie, yeah. but it, it definitely made itself out to be more authentic than, you know, something something like one of those just late 90s high school movies. Yeah. For the competition parts. Everything else, though, I mean, it was just it's done on an exaggerated level. But Bring It On was so successful. I mean, it's like the it's like the Fast and the Furious for cheer movies. Because they made five sequels. It did launch a ton of sequels. A ton, yeah. You had like, it had Bring It On, then there was like Bring It On Again, Bring It On All or Nothing, Bring It On Fight to the Finish. It was parodied in, uh, it was parodied in Not Another Teen Movie. Yes, yeah. So yeah, it was was incredibly successful. Yeah. Uh, Before we get going into, you know, what didn't work or some things that were a little less unrealistic, I just want to remind everyone listening, if you're enjoying the podcast, um, if you're a sports movie fan, or if you know any sports movie fans, please subscribe uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, follow me on Twitter, uh, Trouble with the Script Pod on uh, Twitter is Trouble at Trouble Pod. Instagram is Trouble with the Script Pod. You know, leave a five star review. You know, let me know what you think. So, um, yeah, just I wanted to do the uh, the housekeeping mid pod instead of at the end. Betsy, let's get into what didn't work. What was un- mean, what was not realistic? I mean, there's some stuff that just God, obviously... first of all, like no adults. Like aside from the parents and like the you know the official there was so little 
adults like we covered already like the cheerleading team would never be the one hosting the auditions that would never happen they were just um you know they were kind of made to be high schoolers but they were given this very like adult persona too where they were allowed to like handle their own shit yeah would they pick the captain yeah i don't i mean i think it would still be like you know like at a normal high school it would probably be a couple teachers that got together and there would probably be a team vote and they would maybe take that into consideration but like i know the times that i was captain and had to you know you have to go like interview for captain and you kind of have to like give you know why you want to be captain and you're giving this to people who work for the school and then you're also voting but it's not a hundred percent based on team vote yeah it seemed as though uh big red the the past captain had basically just said yeah torrance is going to be the captain now yeah yeah she took everyone's little pieces of paper and added them up yeah yeah, glaring lack of uh, of adults. You're you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing again, this isn't sports related, but I just can't help but nitpick. Her boyfriend leaves for college on the same day that it's the first day of school in high school. If he drops <laughs> her off at school like that, no, that's not a thing. Yeah, like, college starts like three weeks before high school for the most part, unless he's going to Stanford, and that dumbass was not at Stanford. Yeah, plus he was a cheerleader, right? I think he said that he cheered in college maybe I could be wrong about this but if that's the case like you're still reporting a month earlier than even students yeah. like you get to move in before anyone else because you're already practicing yeah and the old captain was at the high school the first day when they were doing the the votes and stuff like no she wouldn't be there she would be off at school yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I didn't think about that but yeah that you're right too I didn't even think about both of them you know being there and Aaron's car that little what, what is that like a geo metro or a, yeah, a little hatchback it, thing little hatchback yeah he had like four things in the back that's not how you move into a dorm room yeah you maybe don't have it, room i don't know to I, take maybe your girlfriend for a guy, to school. but for a girl like my roommate my first roommate and i like we collaborated beforehand like our bedding matched i you know it i might as well have been moving into like a large apartment my parents helped me move in, but moving out for some reason it wasn't it wasn't as important to get me back. But <laughs> yeah. coming back after yeah. my freshman year, I packed every inch of my car with shit. There was no way I had room for like a girlfriend to sit comfortably in the front to to drop her off at school. Yeah, no way, because you got to fit your VHS player there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got a boombox. <laughs> your CD. You got to have your CD tower. Yeah, your whole CD tower. Plus the CD case that you like can carry over your shoulder. Yeah. This was the days of like when you would like write, you know, she had, oh, another thing. I don't know if in 2000, I mean, I feel like he probably wouldn't have made her a mixtape. Remember when Cliff makes her the mixtape? Yes. So I had, I had a thing about this. He makes her a mixtape, but later in the movie, when she's going to tell him that her, like it was her boyfriend, but the kiss meant nothing. And then she listened to his mixtape. He's putting a CD in his Walkman. So he chose not <laughs> to burn her a CD. Instead, he just yeah. made her a mixtape. And then like on the other side, like the very, you know, the end of the competition, like they put a little bit of his like snippet song into their whole routine song. And, and it was a surprise to him. So like she took this song off of a mixtape somehow recorded it from a mixtape to get it onto a CD and it still had the same sound quality as all the other songs. 
pretty amazing <laughs> stuff that she could do with audio. She'd be an amazing yeah. podcast producer in 2019. She would be an amazing podcast producer. You're so right. One cool moment of nostalgia is when Sparky bursts into their practice and puts down the uh, the massive boombox. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the handle and everything. And he hits it. That scene, not only did myself and every other girl that I knew like have his little routine memorized and we would like laugh at sleepovers and you know like dance team type stuff like we all knew that dance but I thought that scene was so great he I don't know that character's real name but he nailed he nailed his whole larger than life you know exaggerated choreographer like he he nailed that Sparty was played by Ian Roberts Okay, yeah. Actor, comedian, writer. Sparky Polanski. Good old Sparky. The spirit th- fingers thing has has lasted. I mean, it's almost 20 years later, and that it's still a thing, I, I yeah. think. Spirit fingers! Give me spirit fingers! Spirit fingers! Give me spirit fingers! Oh, yeah, and, like, it's, it's filtered down into, like, not even saying it as a joke, like these are spirit fingers. No, these are spirit fingers. Anytime you wave your fingers around, they're called spirit fingers. You know, so it, it's one of those things that just stuck. And you mention it to anyone who was around in that time, and they know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that scene was a thing that worked about this movie. It was really funny. It may not have been realistic, but it was really yeah. funny. But well, t- go and- ahead. Well, and then like what he said, you know, how he went down the line, like with the cheerleaders and he's like slowly breaking them all down, you know, and giving that that would never happen. Like So and that I was I was going to go into is something that that didn't work. Maybe it worked in in 2000, but now um, basically telling a one of the girls that basically chastising her for her ass being too big for basically eating too much. That's something that. Maybe it was funny. That's something that just now you watch it now and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, no, yeah, <laughs> can't say that, my guy. Watching it back as a parent, all those things completely went over my head. You know, him saying that to her um, or the fact that, you know, Jan, like said how Courtney didn't wear any bloomers under her skirt for a football game, which is, again, so unrealistic. Everyone would be seeing what she's got up there, but about how, like he said, he lets his fingers slip, you know, how yeah, he's he, like, he low key commits sexual assault in the middle yeah, of he committed year. sexual assault that that's in 2019. Like that's a part of the me too movement. Oh, hundred percent. Courtney is up on stage, like, you know, in front of a crowd of people talking about, you know, how this guy did this horrible thing in high school that would never fly today, but watching it now as a parent, you know, that kind of stuff just kind of went over my head as a 15-year-old. But um, watching it as a parent, especially as, like, the mom of a daughter, I'm like, oh, fuck no. That yeah. would never fly. The uh, In the intro to the um, to the cheerleading competition, the national competition, the ESPN2 guy, you, yes, something long legs and short skirts. Like, yes. what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I have that written down, too. I told my husband about that last night. Like he was, you know, got in bed, like as I'm finishing this and I'm like, dude, that guy would be canned so fast. Like he would not have a job the next day. He would be like, you know, 
if they remade this movie in 2019, this movie would be a giant lawsuit. Yeah, well, it, even <laughs> in like 2000, like I was watching, like how is how did that shit fly? Because most I of these agree. girls are underage, and he's like, you got the creepy ESPN two guy talking about their short skirts, like what yeah. fucking, fucking excuse me? Yeah, I think he's like back in high school. I couldn't get a cheerleader to talk to me, and now I'm surrounded by them. Yeah, he's like any sport that mixes dance, gymnastics, and sh- short skirts is fine by me. And then they pan to him, and he's like 40 years old, working for like the Deuce. <laughs> yeah, there was yeah a lot of a uh, lot of problematic. Sparky uh, towel slaps one of the girls in the ass. Like no, yeah, no. no sir, no 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 no. You do not do that, Mister Sparky. Yeah, yeah. You, you're um, gonna get in a lot of trouble. Yeah, problematic Me Too stuff aside, I've I've got a couple other things of like what didn't work or what just seemed a little less than on the level um, in terms of being realistic. Eliza Dushku's character Missy. Uh, desperately trying to hook her friend up with her brother. I don't know if that happens. Yeah, I don't I, know if it does either. I, I don't know if girls so are later. different in that way, but like, I know no dude is ever going to be like, hey, best buddy, man, you got to get with my sister. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like later in life, you know? Yeah, like, but like at 18, I, yeah, don't at see, I don't see her just like trying to play matchmaker to with her twin brother and her best friend. I just I yeah. don't see that being a thing. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't either. Although I will say that that like toothbrushing scene for, you know, me and like my friends watching it, like you couldn't have asked like he that character back then. I mean, he was so attractive. He's like a, you know, bad boy, like rock star musician. Oh, he was like he was perfect. He was perfect in this movie. Yeah. Perfect casting. Perfect casting. Um, But, you know, that toothbrushing scene like it was. You know, this really wasn't like too sexual of a movie. Not at all. I mean, they did like the car wash, but there was no like hot, you know, really big hot makeout scenes or anything like that. So I think that the toothbrushing scene, they did a great job of building that like sexual tension between them while they're doing like the most hygienic thing you can do for yourself. Yeah, they really they strayed away from making the movie sexual, actually, which I think is to to the film's credit. Yeah, like not to be like prude guy, but I I think that they because a lot of these high school movies do have like the cheap, like sexual undertones or whatever. And this one really doesn't. It kind of sticks to message. They stick to the sport. I mean, the point of the movie was to like push the sport of cheerleading. Mm -hmm. And speaking of the sport, um, one more thing that I'm not sure works or was just it seems like Missy's character was game ready without with almost no practice. Like she had a gymnastics background, but they're like, all right, you're ready to go for the first football game because the first football game is usually in September. Right. So I feel like it would take much more work to to be like, OK, you're on the squad and, you know, we're we're bringing you out. Is that is that right? Is that correct? I feel like she'd need more than like a week or two. I mean, if she had like hardcore, you know, gymnastics training I mean, I'm not saying it would be like the easiest transition. It would be like going from, you know, I don't know any, I think anytime you're an athlete, like in a kind of a genre, like you're going to be okay at other sports. Like I've, you know, done basically all dance, but like I could, I think aside from like the tumbling and having to learn the stunting, like as far as just the moves and maybe getting through like a cheer dance, I could do that. Um, you know, so I think maybe it was just an easier transition for her. But yeah, I think you're right. Like, typically, no, you would need a little bit more time. Okay. And she's learning, like, 
you know, if it's like, you have to learn all these cheers and yeah, usually it's more than like one day you're walking into like some grunge music, taking off your chains, you know, um, with her halfway dreadlocks. Yeah. With, and like her fake tattoo that she put on in class. And, and then two days later, you're like a cheerleader, you know, and you know, all these cheers and chants, like that's, that probably isn't how it really goes. Yeah. A little exaggerated. Was there anything else that, you know, stuck out to you that anything else you have in your notes that didn't really didn't work or wasn't, wasn't quite as realistic? Um, no, I mean, I'd love to talk about, not that I can think of, it might come up later, but, um, I'd love to talk about like the clovers. Yeah. And oh yeah. We, of, we barely touched on them actually, which is kind of a shame. Yeah. Those, that casting I think worked very well too. Um, I think they nailed it with, uh, Gabrielle Union and then the three girls from black, um, you know, that the, the female like singing group were mm-hmm. cast in the movie too. And they, they all did great that you can tell that they all, um, you know, again, I'm like pausing and looking for them. They're doing the stunts. They're doing the routines. And I think they did a great job. You can tell that all three of those girls, um, that they did have experience, whether it's like from, you know, being on tour and, you know, having to dance while they were singing, you had that Gabrielle union a lot. Um, you know, I think she was, I think she made a great ISIS. I think that she was like a great, um, you know, yin to the yang of Kristen Dunst's character. Yeah, that um, one of the girls in, in the three, the one who kept wanting to whip Kristen Dunst's ass, like I definitely bought that. She was all about that action. Oh, she was. Yeah. Yeah. One of the really the worst, the thing that's ages the worst about this movie is Gabrielle Union's character being named Isis. I know. <laughs> that's gone. <laughs> that's gone really south. That that wouldn't fly. If uh, if we made this movie and if we made this movie in 2019, she'd have a different name. Kind of just want to segue into that. If this movie was made in 20, because I mean, it's, you know, it's the year 2000. We're almost, um, you know, 20 years out. It has had a bunch of sequels, but if they were to straight up remake, bring it on, what changes, you know, would you want to see? I mean, you already said, you know, it's a top five movie for you. A lot of times you don't want to change a lot of it, but, you know, I think you could see some things that you might want to change. I mean, are we talking like, you know, things from like a writing perspective or just like how, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, there really was so much and maybe it's just because I'm watching it as an adult, aside from, you know, some of like the racist slurs or the, you know, homosexual slurs and, you know, like a sexual assault. But yeah, definitely um, got to clean up. <laughs> definitely got to yeah, clean the script up a little but, bit. I mean, the message behind it, it, I felt like they did a, such a great job by, um, you know, like whenever of like, also, how do I say this? Like Torrance, like there was a lesson to be learned that like, there were two wins at the end of the movie, like the Clovers won, which they should have, they had a better routine. You wanted them to win because they're coming from this like underdog position, like the first inner city school to ever make it to nationals. So you, immediately you want them to win. You're like team Clovers all the way. But, um, you know, Kirsten Dunst's character too, like she, she had this like big win lesson at the end that, you know, she trusted the wrong people. They got the wrong routine. And then she tried to make it right by getting the money for the Clovers to go. And then they ended up taking second and 
she said it felt like first, you know? So everybody won at the end of the movie. Yeah, I think the movie as a whole aged really well. I mean, some of the content didn't in terms, you know, whatever, but the movie itself, the plot, the message, um, kind of the focus of it has aged a hell of a lot better than a lot of the movies from its era. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I just, um, you know, again, like I said, maybe because I'm seeing it from like a new set of eyes as an adult, you know, look watching, quote unquote, like children. Um, but I thought that they did a, just a really good job of kind of giving a lesson, like things that kids watching it could also take away from it. That like actual winning first place isn't necessarily everything, that it is the hard work that is put into it, that it is recognizing when you had a wrong and trying to make it right. Um, you know, I think it kind of crossed them, you know, crossed some barriers in that aspect. Um, there was like an actual lesson to be taken away from the movie. I think a lot of the best sports movies are there's one when the, the main characters don't win at all at the end. Um, I think uh, last week, depending on when this podcast is aired, um, we, uh, but I, I think last week or a couple weeks prior, we did Friday Night Lights. And um, and that's a it's a true story, but the the team doesn't win the state championship at the end. And I think a lot of that's really effective in sports movies. Just watching how people, how the main characters kind of handle that failure and 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 the lessons they take from it. And I think that you know this movie does as good a job of that as any movie, as any sports film. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I love any time that you can push that like winning first place isn't necessarily everything. It was for the Clovers. And you were so happy that they got this and that they got, you know, that the first year they went, they, they won, they won the whole thing. Um, but I love any time that in sports, that message is given out there that like, it's so much more than just the trophy, that it's the life lessons. It's learning something about yourself and your teammates in the process. That's what I think when athletes grow up, like sure, like winning, like when we, when we did win this type of a competition that year when I was in college, you know, looking back on it now, you know, we got these like, you know, rings. I don't even know where my ring is, but I still keep in touch with the girls that I was on the team with. And knowing that we all gave up our Christmas break, the whole Christmas break, we got like four days off and we're living on campus with no one else there, you know, just the dance team and the cheerleaders who had this big competition coming up in January you know, it's those memories that I hold dear. It's not, it's not this like championship ring that we got. Yeah, I think that's the thing that any any athlete kind of takes with them um, is is kind of those memories and the work you put in and and the camaraderie and that's that's really there in this movie. Yeah, and it's the experience that you don't share with anybody else in this world. Mm-hmm. That's what you look back on, and you know, you just. I hope that my kids get to feel something like that one day with a team. Yeah, this movie does a great job of that. Betsy, thanks so much for coming on and and guiding me through this movie because I yeah. was asked backward when it came to cheerleading, had no <laughs> clue. Um, I've really enjoyed this. Um, real quick, can you talk about what you have, uh, you and Brittany have coming up with uh, the Moms on the Loose for your next season? What, what's going on with you guys right now? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for asking. So. We're headed into, um, we're, we like to do our podcast in seasons, so we're headed into season three, um, and yeah, I mean, our first two seasons, we had so many awesome interviews, 
you guys, Dad Gum Podcast, getting to you know get on get on air with you guys twice was awesome. But season three, we have a lot of awesome interviews coming up, and um, you can find us on Instagram at the Moms on the Loose. We're also on Facebook at Moms on the Loose, um, and you can find me on Instagram as well as under Bets Hudson. Yeah, and I I definitely recommend checking them out um, if you're a parent. Um, recommend, you know, they, Brittany and Betsy do a great job with, uh, with moms and Lewis. Betsy, thanks so much again. Um, I had a great time. Um, you know, if, again, if you like this podcast, please rate review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Kyle Ban- or on, um, Twitter at Kyle Banduho, and then follow the pod on Twitter at trouble pod, Instagram at trouble with the squirt pod, and we'll see you next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.